This podcast is a segment of the book, Godly Grit, scheduled for publication in late spring or early summer 2021. It will be available at Amazon as a Kindle ebook, in paperback, and as an audiobook. Shame is the internalization, personalization, and rumination about our inadequacy and depravity. Shame causes emotionally painful self-condemnation. Shame is a state of bitter, paralyzing remorse when you get a glimpse of who you are. Shame is a powerful force. We do all we can to look good and intact from the outside, knowing something is rotten on the inside because of shame. We all hide and avoid exposure. Abusers use shame to control the behavior of a child, a community, or a nation. Politicians weaponize shame during political campaigns. It is often the candidate with the best use of shame who will win an election. The enemy uses shame to condemn you and leave you feeling hopeless. The enemy wants you to believe you are the most depraved person on the planet and therefore you are worthy of rejection. What is shame? What is the power of shame? How does the enemy use shame to increase your self-focus? You cannot talk about shame without acknowledging your depravity, because shame occurs when we get a glimpse of our depravity. Remember Jeremiah 17 verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Deceitful and wicked. Wow, what a combination and potential for self-destructive deception. In other words, we are all polluted beyond repair. My parents grew up on a farm in the Canadian prairies before there was indoor plumbing. They thought it would be necessary for my growth and development to experience some of what they experienced while still a young adolescent. I would spend a couple of weeks each summer at the farm owned by one of my mother's cousins. It was a time full of experiences that were utterly foreign to me, the city boy. My mother's cousin had a son that was a few years older than me, and he was my on-the-farm mentor. He remains a valued friend to this day. One of the first lessons I learned on the plumbing deficient farm was that you had two options if you require the facilities in the middle of the night. Option A was to take a very poor quality flashlight and wander across the yard to the outhouse where it was cold and dark. Option B was to use the five gallon pail that sat in each bedroom. Wealthy farmers had finely crafted chamber pots, and regular farmers had metal five-gallon pails. You know, if you get up quickly in the middle of the night and accidentally kick into that pail or chamber pot, it doesn't matter much about its style or form. What matters is what is in the pot. I think we live much of our lives in this way. We focus intently on the container and are not concerned with the contents. The dictionary definition of shame is, shame is an unpleasant, self-conscious emotion 
typically associated with a negative evaluation of the self. The feelings of distress, exposure, mistrust, powerlessness, and worthlessness. We live in fear that if anyone knew what was really inside us, we would not be loved or accepted. We spend our time, energy, and resources attempting to avoid exposure and failure. We hide and deny our wrongdoings and thoughts. We deceive ourselves as we try to deceive others. Shame makes us direct our focus inward and view ourselves in a negative light. The enemy will do whatever he can to cause you to focus on yourself. This intense inward focus blinds us to what is going on around us. Shame caused Adam and Eve to hide from God because of their sin and rebellion. Genesis 3 verse 8 And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They knew what they did was wrong, and therefore they hid. Since then, we have become skilled at hiding. We hide in our work, our hobbies, our addictions, our passions, our preaching, our good deeds, our caring, our sacrifice, and on and on. We hide in our gangs and churches where a shared norm helps us feel a little better and more sheltered from exposure. We will do anything to avoid feeling humiliated, exposed, or small. We are afraid of what will spill out of our pot if it is accidentally kicked. What is the cause of our internal conflict? What is the real reason for our shame? For this conflict to exist, we must be aware of two things. We must be aware, to a degree, of what is inside us, who we are. We must also have some awareness of who we were intended to be. If we were not aware of both, there would be no conflict and no shame. We would live like animals under the control of the strongest and fittest. There would be no right and wrong awareness and no basis for a moral code of conduct. If you have ever experienced shame, you cannot deny that this conflict exists. If we were able to pry off the lid of our pretentious denial, what would we find inside? What we would see would be our true nature. What is our true nature? How depraved are we? Theologian R.G. Sproul defines our sin nature or fallen state as one of radical corruption. In a 2005 article, he explained radical corruption as, Radical corruption means that the fall from our original state has affected us not simply at the periphery of our existence. It is not something that merely taints an otherwise good personality. Rather, it is that the corruption goes to the radix, to the root or core of our humanity, and it affects every part of our character and being. The effect of this corruption reaches our minds, our hearts, our souls, our bodies, indeed, the whole person. 
This radical corruption is something we have had since our very beginning, as recorded by David in Psalm 51.5. Lord, I have been a sinner from birth from the moment my mother conceived me. If we were to pry that lid a little more, we would find the expression of our radical corruption is the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, we read about the fruit of the Spirit. The Greek word used for fruit is singular, meaning there is one fruit with many expressions. The fruit of God's Holy Spirit is agape love. The enemy's fruit is the opposite of agape love. The opposite of love is not hate. It is self-centered indifference. Like the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of humanity's unregenerate heart expresses itself in many ways. Instead of joy, there is only a positive emotional experience dependent on external circumstances. Instead of peace, there's fear, worry, anxiety, and exhaustion. Instead of kindness, there are acts of deception and manipulation. Instead of virtue, there is vengeance and a fight for justice. Instead of faith, there is unreliability and self-preservation at any cost. Instead of gentleness of heart, there is arrogance, harshness, or pretentious sweetness. Instead of self-control and strength of spirit, there is a loss of focus and control. Apart from God, we are a mess. We all know we are a mess. The enemy convinces us that our lot is worse than others. Therefore, we work hard to hide that mess and experience shame when there is a threat of exposure. Considering human reality, how can anything good come from anyone living apart from God? There is still good in the world because humanity still possesses the image of God. Yes, that image was severely distorted when man chose to rebel against God, but we still maintain that image's components. This tension between good and evil is the conflict that results in shame. We know what is right and what is wrong. We know how we should be living, and yet we are not living that way. We know we are corrupted and worthy of rejection by both man and God. Created in God's image, we were made to experience the giving and receiving of unconditional love. Our very existence depends on it. Yet, when we look inside, we see we are neither capable of loving or worthy of being loved. As humanity walks this tightrope between their corrupt nature and their God image, shame will surface when that awkward balance gets upset. That balance is upset by several different situations. The bubble of pretentious denial weakens, exposing shame at times of unwanted exposure, failure, unrealized expectations, being left out, loss of love, or times of grief. These are times of increased vulnerability when we either give up or work that much harder to reinforce the denial. These are times when we may respond with anger or hostility as our corrupt self gets exposed. 
it is also a time of increased risk for self-harm or suicide. What is the answer to this universal human dilemma? Where can we turn for comfort or guidance? God's Word deals with this as we see in Romans 7, verses 24 and 25. What an agonizing situation I am in. So who has the power to rescue this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? I give all my thanks to God, for His mighty power has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So, if left to myself, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin. But now, my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. Apart from the Holy Spirit's regenerating work, no person on his own power can choose godliness, choose Christ, choose the things of God, refrain from evil, accept the gift of salvation, or choose to follow God. The Bible tells us that this sin condition or radical corruption affects all of us. Romans 3, 23-26 For we all have sinned and are in need of the glory of God. Yet, through his powerful declaration of acquittal, God freely gives away his righteousness. His gift of love and favor now cascades over us, all because Jesus, the Anointed One, has liberated us from the guilt, punishment, and power of sin. Jesus' God-given destiny was to be the sacrifice to take away sins, and now He is our mercy seat because of His death on the cross. We come to Him for mercy, for God has made a provision for us to be forgiven by faith in the sacred blood of Jesus. This is the perfect demonstration of God's justice, because until now, He had been so patient, holding back His justice out of His tolerance for us. So He covered over the sins of those who lived prior to Jesus' sacrifice. And when the season of tolerance came to an end, there was only one possible way for God to give away His righteousness and still be true to both His justice and His mercy, to offer up His own Son. So now, because we stand on the faithfulness of Jesus, God declares us righteous in His eyes. We are all dependent on God's grace. As you teeter between good and evil, let shame be a reminder that God has a way that can lead you back to Him and a full, meaningful, and abundant life. He has made a way. Joshua 24:15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How is the experience of shame or avoidance of shame controlling your life? The intense pain of shame will cause you to focus on yourself to the exclusion of others. 
You will not see others as people. You will see them as objects. Shame will affect your relationships, causing you to feel alone and isolated. Shame will also cause a loss of authenticity as you hide through pretense and deceptions. In the end, you are not deceiving others. You are only fooling yourself. It may take time, but others become aware of your deception and manipulation. You know the right and acceptable way to act. Otherwise, you would not be hiding. How do you know if you may be struggling with shame? Are you depressed or anxious? Are you afraid of being exposed? Are you hiding from those close to you? Does anger overcome you? Are you struggling with an addiction? Are you hiding from yourself through an overinflated view of yourself? Are you narcissistic? Do you have low self-esteem, a loss of hope, feel powerless or worthless? Do you feel small and inadequate? Do you ruminate or have difficulty letting go of anger? Do you feel defensive towards others or even hostile? If you answered yes to these questions, you are most likely struggling with the impact of shame. Shame can lead to all sorts of self-focused activities, criminal thinking, and addictions. Shame is a mighty stronghold that needs to be torn down. How is this stronghold of shame torn down? Like any of these strongholds, the first place to address them is to humble yourself and pray. Admit to yourself and God that shame is impacting your life and spiritual growth. Admit that you are afraid of the exposure of your radical corruption. Humbly admit that you cannot rescue yourself. Ask God for help. Pray scripture that deals with deliverance over shame. Psalm 31:17. As I call upon you, let my shame and disgrace be replaced by your favor once again. Psalm 119-116 Lord, strengthen my inner being by the promises of your word, so that I may live faithful and unashamed for you. Philippians 3.13 I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Psalm 139, verses 5 and 6. You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, deep, and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Shake off the shackles of shame. Do not believe the lie of the enemy who is trying to destroy you. Be grateful for God's grace and the work of Christ. Live the fruit of the Holy Spirit through love. Shame and fear of accusation do not have to weigh you down. Romans 8, verse 1. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union 
with Jesus the Anointed One. We are all depraved, so depraved that Jesus had to die for us. You no longer have to listen to the enemy's voice of condemnation. 